This is Todd Uterstadt from the podcast From Founder to CEO, and you're listening to Bob Noli on Labrador Leadership. Sweet. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. <laughs> the heat of the summer, and here we are again. Welcome to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Labrador sounds cold, you know, the Labrador current. It's in the north, Labrador. That's not what we're talking about. It's about the dog. Remember that? Welcome back, folks. How are you? My good buddy Alex is here. Alex, how are you? Hello. Good to have you here. Good to have you here. It's always nice to be here, even though we're, you know, 300 miles away from each other. You're the co-host. You're the co-host, though. You're just like, oh, you're just one step away from being in charge here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, how are things going up the road? You know, it's a, a time of transition, a time of change. It's scary and exciting and, you know. But. You're doing great. We got a lot of great feedback on the on the frankness of your episode there uh, last weekend. Uh, oh, yeah, did people like that? I didn't get any feedback yet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, your, your, your family's probably cutting them off at the knees. Don't talk to my daughter. No, you know, they also, they're terrible at doing, I don't know, they're terrible at following the podcast, number one. They're also terrible at trusting me in this whole time of change. So they're, it's not that they're not talking to me, but they're, I think, laying and waiting for me to call and ask for help. And I'm trying to go, we're in a Mexican standoff, my parents and I right now. <laughs> it's not that they're mad or disappointed. It's that they want me to succeed and they want me to do it without calling them and crying. I see. Yeah, yeah that's all. All right, just, just for yucks, I'll tell you, my side of the fence looks like this. My dad listens to the show in the middle of the night and he sends me emails critiquing my grammar and word choice and my enunciation. Well, hell yeah, Big Bob. Yeah, and let me tell you, that's you know that's what it was like watching the nightly news, sitting around the TV, and it wouldn't be so bad that you know there was stress in the world or the bad things were happening. He was going, look at that tie John Chancellor has on. What is he thinking? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh my. So, uh, you know, one one of the what it's coming to be one of the linchpins of this show is the fact that the piece of Gallup survey that said 65% of the managers that quit their jobs aren't quitting the job. They like the work. They're quitting their boss. Yep. They're quitting their boss. And you know, we have exciting things happening here that I keep saying more soon and it's getting closer. And I, I don't want anyone to be in that 65%. Not of the people that are quitting, but the bosses that are the reason for people quitting. So you don't want to be in that 65% crying out loud. Some tips today on how to keep people from including you in that 65%. It is very easy. You know, we've asked people that come on the show, we've asked them who is the greatest person you worked for. You know, the person that really got you going and you know, they, they have to pause to think about that. But we say, who's the worst person you worked for? Not who they are. Uh -huh. We don't name them. Yeah, we don't but, name them. <laughs> that's just a bit safer. But they get to that person very quickly. They get to that person like in a heartbeat. 
They don't say the name out loud, but there's a not that aha moment. Yeah, you know who it is. They know who it is. The elephant in their room. So how do people get, how do bosses get in that fix? What, that they're the worst? Or they're yeah, the best? that they have people thinking, I, I, I quit. I quit you. I quit you. Well, they're not, they're not uh, you know, focusing on the, the structure of their company. They're focusing on being the boss. So they're not driving up from the bottom and trying to make sure everything is working smoothly. They're kind of commanding from the top. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think they're working people to death. Yeah. I mean, absolutely working people to death. And they're thinking that the recognition they give for all the good work you do is, is equitably balancing the scale. So you get a raise or heaven forbid you get promoted and, or you, or you know, in the banking world, remember the banking world, the titles, assistant officer, officer, assistant vice president, vice president, senior vice president, executive vice president, senior executive vice president. Oh my gosh. You get another title, you get a bump pay and they work you harder. Longer hours. Yeah. Longer hours is always a part of that. And they never, what happens then is the equity is out of balance for the employee. They never get what they feel is fair. So they start looking over the fence. Grass is always greener. Well, it's not just so much that. It's just that, particularly right now in a lot of industries, there are things on the other side of the fence. Mm. So, you know, you can work people to death like that, and you can say, here's the money, here's the title, here's the bump, whatever. But, you know, I think they're failing in the short term to recognize people that are doing good work. To, to say good job and mean it for that to be grounded and to say that publicly. And we've spoken before that it's not always um, a title or a reward, but even a, a, you know, you really handled that well or good job or, you know, we're lucky to have you on our team. The, the verbal praise, that feedback can kind of keep you around for longer than you would without it. Yeah. We've talked about the motivation side of it as well. You know, Robert's been on the show and for Father's Day. And even at a small business like that, somebody's coming up to him and having a conversation framed up as, what's next for you? What do you want? And that actually kind of caught him off guard. Yeah. You know, he wasn't even ready to say, I don't know. I mean, that whole conversation caught him off guard. Everybody should be having that conversation with people that work for them. What motivates you? What do you like to do? Yeah. And, you know, uh, you're, you're lucky if if your manager these days sits down or your, your supervisor or the owner of the company sits down and says, well, hey, you know, I, I know that this isn't your, your life goal, so, you know, what are you working towards? What's your career path? You're really lucky if they even care, you know, about anything beyond you doing your work. That maintaining an employee and having a successful relationship with them, uh, you know, doesn't seem to always uh, hit home with managers. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And we talked about, you know, the raise, the promotion, the mobile, and all that stuff. What, what's worse is if in the eyes of everyone else in the team, division, department, 
it looks like you're uh, you're giving a kick to the wrong people. Yeah. And you know, if you've gone, if you've done your selection right and hired good people, that'll that'll tick them off in a minute. And there, there's some th- ways that can happen. It could be like tenure in terms of you haven't been there quite long enough, and that person has been there longer. And you're doing better work, and you're going to blow past them at some point, but just not quite yet. Yeah. And there could be things you just you're just not aware of, so that's a problem as well. The other thing that's really this is why you know we've been talking about it since episode zero is managing your commitments. Mm-hmm. And so when you tell people, you know, I'd like to meet with you once a week for ten minutes. Five minutes for you, five minutes for me. I want to hear about troubles you have. I want to hear what you need from me to address them. And then if I have anything important, I'll I'll give it to you right then as as well. And let's schedule a time. And let's make it 10, 15 every Tuesday morning right after something. You know, something like that. And then you keep canceling. Yeah. Sorry, the president wants something. I have to cancel today. You know, that's fine. But if you cancel it, if you cancel it a quarter of the time, you need to you need to reschedule it. Because it just floats away because the good soldier will go, Okay, don't worry about it. That's fine about it. Any time later. Okay, we'll we'll talk. And you don't talk till next week, maybe. Right. And that's a very easy commitment. That's just a commitment of time. That's just a commitment of becoming engaged. That's just a commitment of sitting knee to knee with you for 10 minutes to hear what's important to you. And what's the message you're sending? Well, that's just not important. A large large problem I see uh, within my particular peer group are um, managers or owners or supervisors saying, yeah, well, you know, you're going to work three months on contract and then I'll put you on salary and you'll have benefit options. Or, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a raise when we land this next big deal. And then it just, when we do this next thing and when this happens. And, oh, no, I'm at six months. And they just keep pushing the timeline back. And they're kind of stringing along these younger people because, you know, you don't have, sometimes you just don't have the uh, confidence to put your foot down and say, look, you said this, you're going to follow through or I'm out. You know, so it's a it's a strange it's a strange thing because you know you could be looking at five minutes or you know a ten thousand dollar raise or fifteen thousand dollars worth of benefits that you know yeah the five minutes the ten minutes together to talk one on one you still might not get that if you get the raise but it's if you promise something you have to at least follow through or come to someone and say, you know, the budget's not really right here. Let's, and, and you know, that's why I think that verbal agreements are great. Um, but a lot of times, you know, especially if you're on contract, you say you're on contract. Did you sign a contract? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have so many friends that say, Oh, I work on contract. I'm like, Oh, so you, you know, there's a piece of paper somewhere. Oh no. When you, uh, when you do, are talking to somebody and I, you know, I started with the, what seems like a trivial thing of just, you know, a 15 minute chunk of time on the calendar, but think about the hiring process or at some point in the performance evaluation cycle. And you say something like, you know, you're really on track. I'd like to, uh, see you get bumped to senior associate next year this time. And, uh, you know, I'm committed to helping you do that. 
And then you hear nothing more about it. And then you walk in a year later, six months later, and they go, so I just want to check in with you and see how we were being on track to get bumped to the senior level. And he goes, well, that just, that didn't happen this year. How come I just wasn't able to get that approved? Well, why not? Yeah. If you don't, you know, when you're not receiving feedback and you're not having, um, you know, you don't have anything in, in writing, you really are just. You know, it's it's not always being strung along, but most often, you know, in my experience, it is. And you you have no other option to just kind of grin and bear it and say, okay, well, maybe maybe next time, or maybe next year, or maybe in six months, you know. But it, you don't know whether it's performance based or or because you know they really couldn't get it approved, and that's the problem. There is that there's you're not getting feedback. You're not having that five, 10 minute meeting. You're meeting every six months. Well, was it something I did? Was it something that I didn't do? You know, our buddy, uh, our buddy, Travis Bradbury, we're going to get him on. We're going to have him on. He, uh, he talks about two points that I just think are critical. And, you know, we've all along, one of the, one of the big points of the show is I want people to think about developing their people skills. You know, 85% of what you're worth is due to your interpersonal skills. The other 15 is, you know, how well you make the widgets or whatever your technical skills are. So if you don't develop the skills in those 85%, you're, you're going to end up hurting at some point. You're going to end up having 65% of your people quit you. And two points Travis makes is find a way to let people pursue their passions. Not at a granular level, the, the, the task they like to do, but what would they like to work on and get done? You know, what, what is their passion? And, and the great leader finds a way to let them do that and contribute to the goals of that particular organization or sub-organization there. You know, like in universities, you know, I, you you have folks, faculty members that go, I'd really like to write this class. Well, this class isn't in the catalog yet, and we don't have a need for that class. Well, just go let them write the class and find a way to compensate them for it. And get it approved. And have, you know, have them evangelize it and get it approved for insertion into the program or as an elective or something. Because there you have somebody that's passionate about a topic and right. feed that. And it's not every day that you're going to find an individual that's willing to spearhead something like that. Yeah. So yeah it's not because, and, and it's their passion. And this kind of folds into that comment we've talked about before is that bosses should be getting folks assigned to work that is. I always like to say in their wheelhouse, you know, it's a baseball term. You yeah. can like a pitch inside that's high and tight or low and away. So you can, everybody has a different taste, but wherever that, that point is, that's your wheelhouse. Something you can really start quick and turn your wrists over on and really drill the ball. That's your wheelhouse right there. That's your area of strength. You know, those bosses that go, well, you've got some development opportunities. I want to help you grow those. You know, I don't want I don't want to get better at things I'm not good at. I want to be great at the things I'm great at. And if, if you miss that point, you're not serving your people well. 
No. Find out their strengths. Find out their strengths and feed them. Yeah, and there's all sorts of payback when you do that. When you start doing that, all of a sudden, things like their passions come to the surface. You've you've helped them. You've helped them be more creative. You're going to get a great amount of productivity from from those people that that you know they get to be passionate about the, what they're working on because not everyone has that satisfaction in their job. So what happens when you do that well? I mean, what is that, you know, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Have you ever worked with anybody? I mean, your your career has been much shorter than mine. <laughs> but but have you ever have you been with a person yet that you just went, "Yeah, this is it. I could do this for 10 years." Yeah, that's probably um, that was probably me in event production. Absolutely. Is that is that still a passion for you? Oh yeah, it's great. You know, because you're you're, you're constantly making things happen. You know, if you don't do something, then someone doesn't get paid. You know, you're it's a it's a high intensity uh, environment. Um, but it is very rewarding, you know, when you can look out on a crowd of 10,000 people and realize that they're enjoying, you know, what you've been working on for the past year. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Plus, you know, and when it, I'm talking like jazz fest and, and shows at, at the hip and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, Producing a basketball tournament is probably the most fun thing I've ever done in my entire life. I was totally blown away to hear that. It was, you know, you're courtside, and yeah, you got great seats, but you're actually standing the entire time with a headset. You look kind of funny. But, you know, it's so much fun. You know, the ball must hit you in the face, but you're still working. <laughs> you're going to paid to watch amazing people play basketball and hang out with, you know, one of your favorite DJs and, and other friends that are kind of like all working there together and you, you become a team and it ends up being, yeah, like a hundred person team and everyone has your phone number and everybody's bothering you all day long, but it's a great feeling. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to confess to another one of my shortcomings here. I have been lucky enough to have a fistful of people over time that have been just golden i mean everything they touched everything they did just turned to gold they were rock stars how many metaphors can i pile on here you know they were just great and so it was easy managing them or at least i thought it was the problem was i i was not very effective at challenging them to make them stretch I was just letting the work drive the assignments and, you know, I wasn't, I was committed to promoting them and, you know, and rewarding them, but I wasn't, you know, it was hard for me to make them grow or give them an opportunity to grow and to really challenge them, whether that is challenge their creativity or challenge, you know, them between the ears or in whatever way. And you still, you still have to manage them. When you got a rock star, you still have to manage them. You have to have those 15-minute conversations. You have to give them feedback. Here's what I saw you did. Here's how you could be better at it. Yeah. Because if you don't, they'll sit there, keep rocking forward, as golden as they are, thinking, yeah, I guess I'm doing fine. 
And yeah, then you'll get you'll get in the loop because you haven't given them feedback that they really value, and they'll go, oh, look over there on the other side of the fence. Yeah, you know, to be a good leader is to uh, really recognize, you know, when people need the guidance and when people just need a pat on the back, you know. So a lot of people, they would need you to hold their hand through it. And if they don't need the, you to hold their hand through it, and they are a rock star, you know, they're still going to need uh, a coach. You know, you don't, have a, you don't have a rock star without a tour manager. That's it. That's it. Boy, I tell you, you know, everybody's got a blind spot. And making the commitment to turn and address it and to get the coaching you need. And you really, you really do need a coach or some type of relationship like that. A mentor, perhaps, from inside the organization. Because if you think you can solve it by going to Amazon, oops, sorry, and buying another business book, and and setting that on the bedside table, even if you read it, even if you read it, it's it's not as effective because you need somebody giving you feedback on here's the change I made. I wonder how that worked. You want somebody that's observed you doing it. You want to talk to somebody about about what you did. I mean that that's the thing. The top of the house, the CEOs at the top of the house. Everybody just thinks, the board of directors thinks they've got finance, marketing, strategy, HR, uh, development, and whatever the business is, that they're rock stars in all of those areas. Mm -hmm. Th that's, just, that's just nuts. It's not like that. They've, they've, got, they've got a blind spot or uh, an area that's not a strength. And the smart ones find help there. Because And we expect them to be that way. And when we had tall organizations with lots of middle managers, we had great opportunity to go find somebody that knew this marketing issue we have to address. But now we squash the organizations and push the middle managers out. And so everybody's looking up. So what do we do now? It's hard. It's hard. So if you're doing any of these things wrong, if you're overworking your people, if you don't care about your employees, if you're not, if you're not keeping your commitments, oh, that's a big thing. Oh, that's a big thing. You're really going to be in tough shape. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think that um, you know, a, a big, um, not a problem that I had with this, but you know, he mentions he kind of covers all the bases, but there is one thing I'd add, and that's like underworking or underutilizing your employees. Oh my gosh. Uh, that, that's just horrendous. Yeah. You know, to, to say, Oh no, you just sit there and, and, you know, uh, you know, push papers and do all this when there's things going on, but you don't want to delegate the tasks, you know? So there, there are, uh, there are a lot of things, you know, that can make your, your amazing employees quit. But I do think that, um, that, you know, Travis Bradbury kind of hits the nail on the head with this one. I do. I really like his, uh, his his writing style it kind of feels like a buzz a BuzzFeed list which I'm sure he would you know be super upset with it if he heard but I think that's a <laughs> yeah I we think, have him one I'll let you interview him I'll let you take it in the crosshairs yeah okay. he'll just like <laughs> beat me for that one oh my oh my somebody's tweeting him right now I'm sure okay <laughs> uh, Travis is the co-founder of Talent Smart a big uh, big provider of corporate training. 
particularly in the area of emotional intelligence, which is right darn important. All right, Alex, thanks for this one. This has been a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. You can find the show notes at labradorleadership.com. We will see you next time. See ya. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Don't find yourself in the 65%. Keep your commitments, no matter how small they are with your employees. Reward them for their good work. Don't overwork them. Don't overwork them. Be fair. And you all take care of one another. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.